There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Welcome to the newest episode of Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. I'm your host, Jason Fraley, picking the brains of the top filmmakers, musicians, and artists of our time. Regina Bell performs live at City Winery in Washington, D.C. for two shows this Saturday. We spoke about her award-winning career, particularly her Peebo Bryson duet A Whole New World on Disney's Aladdin, which won the Oscar for Best Original Song and Grammy for Song of the Year. Regina Bell, hey, thanks so much for joining us on WTOP. Thanks for having me, Jason. I'm so glad to be here. Now we're talking because you're going to be coming to the City Winery in D.C. on Saturday, April 23rd. I believe there's two shows. I think there's an early show at 630 and then another one at 930. So two chances, two chances to see you. Uh, (laughs) What uh, what, do you have like a a new album you're going to be performing here? Is it sort of like a greatest hit sort of thing or a little of both? Well, uh, it's not a new album, but I do have some newer material. So I'll be doing some not so old, some old um, and some covers. So we're just going to cover the gamut. You know, um, D.C. is certainly a, like home for me. So I'm looking forward to being there. I've actually never been to the D.C. City Winery. So this is going to be a first for me. So I'm, go- I'm really excited about, you know, exploring new territory in my homeland. So it's going to be great. Now, why do you say D.C. is like home to you? Because you were born in like uh, Englewood, New Jersey, right? But why do you say D.C. is like home to you? Well, because I, you know, I've I performed there so many times uh, from Constitution Hall to um, all around the Virginia, D.C. and um, Maryland area. So I've been throughout those three areas so often that I really kind of look at that as being home. Right. The whole way from home. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So between true fans, really true fans. Oh, yeah. Between, you know, you mentioned Constitution Hall, I'm sure like Kennedy Center, all kinds of places where, yes, yes, where, your, yes. where your music is just beloved, bouncing off all these hallowed halls. around. The <laughs> Thank <laughs> um, you so much. Great, great, great. Well, how, um, you know, I, I'd love to talk about sort of your, your career journey, but really quick, how have you spent the last two years? It's been insane with, you know, all the pandemic and all these, you know, uh, concerts, you know, live music basically kind of grinded to a halt for a while. So uh, when did you get back out there? Well, um, honestly, during that time, you know, I did some virtual concerts, you know, we all tried to do what we could to, you know, please uh, who we could and and try to lift up who we could. Um, And and that's the DMV area included. Um, uh, You know, it, it was just it's just a really interesting time, right? Because yeah. we've never seen anything like that before, certainly not in my lifetime. And it's certainly not anything I would even, yeah, I couldn't even imagine it. So, you know, those two years were difficult. I lost my dad during that time. Oh, uh, no, I'm that, so sorry. 
Yeah, thank you. Not to COVID, um, to cancer, um, uh, another bad C. But um, uh, uh, nevertheless, um, you know, it, it was a it was a really trying time. Many of us lost loved ones. Many of us had trying times, and many of us had just anxieties with just the whole lockdown of yeah. not being able to do things as we normally do. And I think you know um, we're, we're we're probably a spoiled society in that we have so much that we take for granted. And when those, you know, those everyday isms are taken away and you got to kind of live without it, um, you become more and more thankful when you get a chance to get back and say, oh, wow, you know, I'm back outside again. I'm in the um, grocery store again. Right. You it's uh, it really has allowed, taught us to to really appreciate everything and not to all those things we took for granted. Uh, every little thing was sort of stripped away and brought down to its, its basic core. And now we're now we're slowly going back out and you sort of you see the world anew like, wow, this was here the whole time. And I didn't appreciate it before. Right. 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 You know, and so I, I w- I'm thankful that I had um, I had resources like I had the AARP couch concert. Uh, series, which was amazing. Um, and I did it um, alongside with many of my, um, my friends in the industry. So that was just, that was just out of this world, both gospel and R&B. So that was, that was pretty, um, that, that was pretty amazing. So um, uh, I had outlets like that to, you know, to not just be kind of just stuck at home and just not doing anything. So it gave me an opportunity to go in the studio with my band and do, you know, a live concert. And so you got an opportunity to stretch your wings a little bit. So I'm very, very thankful for those type opportunities. And I did, I think, I believe a a few songs for uh, South Africa for Father's Day. Um, I did some things for Sherm. Um, uh, so, so I, I got an opportunity to do quite a few, um, uh, uh, concert opportunities virtual, but I have to tell you, Jason, it it really is not the same. Yeah, it really isn't. It really isn't, which is why it's going to be great for everyone to see you live at city winery. Well, you, you mentioned that DC was your home away from home, but I want to know more about your actual home and, you know, growing up, um, in New Jersey and, you know, back in the sixties, like, how did you, what, how did you get into music in the first place? Like, what I guess, like what artists did you listen to that kind of thing? Well, I'm really a seventies baby. I was, I was born in, I was born in 63. So most of my memories really are surrounded around, you know, late sixties, maybe, um, but really seventies, but, but, you know, my, my greatest, I guess, memories and, and the, I guess the artists that I attach myself to, um, uh, in my early years would definitely be like Pastor Shirley Caesar. That's, that's my, first one she stands uh beyond everybody um uh and then donny hathaway uh billy holiday nancy wilson um uh, uh the manhattans blue love it specifically um gerald alston just in terms of learning how to you know blue did a lot with teaching me how to uh, in my later years teaching me how to talk to an audience and and develop a character with the audience um a relationship with the audience um gerald austin uh taught me a platform musically 
from which to stand. So um, Nancy Wilson taught me about um, ethics, you know, be, you know what, what, what counts in the industry uh, as an artist. Um, uh, you know, and so I had some really great people that I gleaned great knowledge from. And I, when I tell you I sat at their feet and got all that I could get, I absolutely did. So, um, and, and, and again, listening to people like Billie Holiday and Donnie Hathaway and the, 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 what I call Billie Holiday is the, to me, the epitome of femininity. And then listening to the powerhouse of Donnie Hathaway um, to put those two entities together and form and find Regina in the middle, I, I think, um, I, I did myself a great service in doing that. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad you found Regina's voice in the middle of all of that. Um, <laughs> and yeah, didn't you, didn't you, I mean, you mentioned the Manhattans, didn't you, um, didn't you do some duets with them? Um, and, and that, is that how you ended up getting signed by Columbia? Like fill, fill in our listeners on how you ended up, you know, doing those early, early recordings and how that got you signed for your, you know, your, your debut album. Well, that's, it's really an old story, but um, basically... Let's hear it um, again. <laughs> <laughs> I sang uh, background for the Manhattans for two years, coming right out of college. I had 12 credits to go, so needless to say, my family was not happy. Um, uh, about to graduate college and got this call from Vaughn Harper to um, audition for the Manhattans to go on the road with them to sing this song called Don't Say No to Love. And um, it would have been the first opportunity for them to have a female vocalist uh, on tour with them. And um, after three days uh, of auditions, um, I got the job. I was the last to come in and I got the job. So I was uh, really excited about that. And for two years, um, I was only slated to sing the one song, but um, I took the opportunity to learn their entire show complete with the steps and everything. And so I learned background parts for all of the songs. So I basically was on stage the whole time. And, um, you know, during that time, like I said, I, I was uh, getting, getting an education on, on how to do this and how to do this the proper way. And um, uh, two years in, we, they were about to do um, Carnegie Hall and um, they allowed me to open, Blue allowed me to open. And I opened with Anita Baker's You Bring Me Joy. And after that, uh, Joe McEwen from Columbia Records, who was the A&R person at that particular time, asked me if I wanted a record deal. And, you know, of course I said, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and the rest is pretty much history. Um, you know, I paid a lot of dues coming in, but I have to be honest with you, um, God was just really shining on me uh, that night because um, I, I literally didn't have a demo tape. I didn't have um, I didn't have a, a, a eight by ten glossy. I didn't have a bio written up. I didn't have anything. But um, at the end of the day, I got signed, and well, the real work started after that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That first album all by myself. You had a couple songs people might remember, So Many Tears and yes. Show Me the Way. And then I believe um that same year, I guess in, in 87. Tell me about when you meet Piabo Bryson to do without you. And uh, we have some other songs of theirs, <laughs> hint, hint, that everyone knows. But that tell me about that first one without you. Uh what was uh, when your I initial tell reaction? You, when I tell you that was a that was crazy because 
I, you know, I, Peebo was, was somebody who I absolutely loved. I met him actually uh, at Rutgers where I was going to school in New Jersey because I was over um, the entertainment for um, uh, minorities at, um, at uh, Rutgers University. And so uh, I got him and Phyllis Hyman uh, for our Kwanzaa festival, our pre-Kwanzaa festival. And uh, I reminded him of that when I, when I met him. <laughs> and he had come there with Roberta Flack. And I was just, I, I mean, I was so blown away that night when they came to perform, he and Phyllis Hyman, because they were like two of my all-time favorites. I mean, I get my, I call my basement chops, all of my bottom you know resonance all of the bottom notes when you hear me sing anything in the tenor re registers is 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 totally phyllis hyman mm -hmm. um you know and so uh listening getting an, getting an opportunity to actually perform with him and record a record with him i mean i i, can, I can't even tell you um when we were called for it uh it was for the Leonard part six movie and it's, it's so funny because that was the most popular thing about that whole movie was that single. It outshined the movie itself. <laughs> right, because the movie just totally bombed. But, you know, I'm, I was so glad to be a part of it because, you know, I got a chance to work with someone who I totally admired and, you know, I still think the, the very world of. Well, you know, in that case, maybe the song without you was bigger than than the movie Leonard Part Six. But, you know, it, the, <laughs> Hollywood redeemed itself a little bit with uh, Aladdin <laughs> because um, the movie itself and the song were equally massive. So there you go yes. on, that, on that one. So you and you and Peebo Bryson reunite um, to do a whole new world. Man, that song. It, do you agree? I mean, even after all these years, I mean, I think it's still I think it's one of the greatest, if not greatest Disney songs ever. I mean, do you agree? <laughs> I, I think I, I think um, it's still it may still be the biggest song, the big, biggest Disney song. I'm not sure you might you can correct me if I'm wrong. If it's not, it's definitely in the top three, I want to say, mm -hmm. um, of, of Disney's biggest songs ever. Um, and I'm really, really, really um, honored to be a part of such a legacy, uh, to be able to, I, I think one of my highlight moments was being in the Macy's Day Parade. I had watched it, you know, for so many years as a kid, you know, we would be at my grandmother's house. Um, uh, I played tuba in high school and, and grade school. So, you know, after the parade down um, uh <laughs> down Palisade Avenue in Inglewood uh, after we did our parade with the with the band I would you know uh, make my way over to my grandmother's house because it would be uh, we would have Thanksgiving dinner at her house so I had to make my way over there to help her with you know cutting potatoes and you know, rolling lemons for the tea or whatever. All the Thanksgiving stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I watched the, you know, I watched everything and then having an opportunity to actually be a part of the Macy's Day Parade, I lost my mind. So, you know, <laughs> after winning the Grammy and then coming back years later and getting an opportunity to sing on Broadway with the cast. Mm. Oh my goodness. When I tell you, 
that song has opened so many doors for me for so many dreams to come true. Um, it, it, it's just it's just remarkable. Just eyes have not seen and ears just have not heard uh, the amazing things that God has just the doors that he's opened for me to just to be able to walk through. It was a magic carpet ride for your whole career to come. I mean, open to so many doors. Well, real real quick before we, one more on that one really quick though. Um, you know, we're talking about all the doors that opened, but take me back before you even knew it was a thing. You know, it's hard to, probably hard to remember. It's so ubiquitous now for all of us parents and kids but um before you even you know when you first stepped in to record that with people bryson in the studio could you could you feel there was something different was there a little bit of a magic you know did you know this was going to be the big jam you know everyone asks me that but you know i was working so hard i was on tour so I, I, you know, I had no cognizance of what, of how big the record was going to be. I actually had bronchitis the day I recorded it. So, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> it was about trying to get through the recording so that I didn't sound nasal. You know, it was about, you know, trying to be well enough to get through the recording. I mean, it was, you know, um, uh, just hats off to really, really, great writers, Alan Mankin and Tim Rice uh, for just amazing gifts to, to put together a, a, a action-packed song, just a, a powerhouse song. Um, when, I, when I went in the studio, uh, both Peebo and I, 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 you know, I knew hooking up with him was going to be amazing because he had already proved himself with Beauty and the Beats. So my, my position was, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I, I, I knew that we had a great shot at having a, 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 a you know, a powerhouse song. Um, but I had no idea. I had no idea the song was going to be that big. When, when, when it was like the first platinum record and then the second, I was like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay. Wow. You know, I mean, just, just amazing, just amazing. And to be, um, number one for so many weeks, just yes. amazing. Very amazing. And you know what I love about it too? And this is just personal preference, but what I love about it is this, the song actually factored into the movie. It was a major moment in the movie. And then you guys sort of do a, you know, a, a radio sort of version in during the end credits. Whereas, so they worked hand in hand. Whereas I feel like a lot of Oscar nominated songs, especially nowadays, it's like some song, some famous artist tacks onto the credits, but it's not even in the movie at all. And then it gets nominated. But, you know, like I, I right. hate when that happens. I love that your song actually is a major plot point in the movie. That's just the movie critic in me. I love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Memories, memories of uh, Oscar night and, and Grammy night. Gosh, it won song of the year and best original song at the Oscars. But yeah. any memories of, of, of those awards ceremonies? Uh face hurting, smiling folks, smiling so hard, face just hurting forever, you know, just, just again, uh, just surreal. Um, there's just nothing like it. Um, I think the only thing that compares to it um, and that maybe supersedes it is to hear people say that I played your song and um, I, I, when I was dealing with depression, and the song helped me to rise out of where I was. I think that's that, 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 because to me, 
that is the essence and the job of what music is. It's, it, it, it is for the soul. It is for the spirit to, to rise out of that place, you know, to, to, to take you to a better place. It, it's, it's a healer. It, you know, it's supposed to provide something. It's supposed to do something. And so to hear people say things like that um, and, and to have fans in a song um, that range from eight to 80 is, um, is unbelievable. So, you know, again, I, eyes have not seen, I, ears have not heard. I, it's no way you could even imagine that it would, uh, it would do such things. But, you know, again, I'm thankful to the writers. I'm thankful to the fans. I'm thankful most of all to God that I got the opportunity. Uh, Columbia Records, um, Sony Records, thank you for the opportunity to be able to record Disney. Peebo, thank you for the opportunity to record such a wonderful, wonderful song. And to all the musicians and everybody who was involved in making the record, even years later, um, it still touches the hearts of people in such a magical way. Oh, it's it's an all timer. It's an all timer. Um, well, it wasn't, you know, our li- so a lot of our listeners, you know, you're, they hear your name and they're of course, they're going to think of you and Peebo and, and a whole new world. Um, but but we got to remind people, I mean, you've there's there's been plenty of other big ones like uh, I think you got nominated for R&B vocal performance for Make It Like It Was. Uh, I did. Several, I several did. of your albums too. believe in me. This is Regina. I mean, you've gotten some some love from, you know, an acclaim for for a bunch of other stuff. Do you yes. do you have do you have something uh, that's not a whole new world that, you know, maybe if our listeners is hearing this, that, that might only know you from that. Is, is there something else that you'd be like, hey, hey, guys, go go check this out. This is actually my best thing. <laughs> I think um, my my very first gospel record is um, um, that's some of my best work um, and my Lazy Afternoon CD, the, the jazz CD I did with George Duke. That was probably, those two were probably two of even though I, I finished the, the, the Lazy Afternoon CD in 10 days, um, I still think it was one of the most difficult because of my, um, where I had to be mentally. Um, I, we recorded all of the songs live, so there was no going back and fixing this and, and going back and doing that. We recorded everything straight down. And so, um, and that was because it was a little bit of intimidation because I was working with George Duke. I mean, literally, I mean, I come into his studio and I ask him, you know, like, dude, do you know who you are? <laughs> <laughs> and he's you like, know, you I know mean, who that, you are? <laughs> I mean, that's how Mutual. much I, that's how much I look up to George Duke. I mean, he's right. just and he's and, and I'm talking about across the board genres. I mean, from jazz to R&B to gospel. I mean, he plays gospel as well as he plays uh, jazz. I mean, he's just the dude. So, you know, listening to him um, and hearing him uh, and being a a part of a a project with him, um, I, I don't know, it just, it just was a place that I will always, um, that, that I, that's always gonna be near and dear to my heart. But I think that was probably some of my, it was pr- probably some of my, my, my most challenging work, that and my first gospel CD. I think those 
are two of my most challenging pieces. Cool. So everyone check out Lazy Afternoon, your jazz album. And then what, what was the gospel one you mentioned? What's it um, called? What is the first gospel record? <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. That's why I'm asking love, you. I would think you would know. <laughs> love Forever Shines. Oh, love Forever Shines. There you go. Yeah. Yes, from 2008, I believe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My brother wrote the last song, which ended up being the first single, God is Good. And basically a hymn type song that um, uh, that actually um, takes us back to acapella, acapella with no music, no, you know, just, um, just, just um, like a drum kind of sorta, if you, if you will, it's an acapella piece. And it, it takes us back to um, to how 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 we sometimes do church when we do inspire uh, uh, gospels, spirituals, hymns. You know, it takes us back to a time to the early church. And my brother was like, you know, we don't have the hymn, so I got to write it. And so he wrote it really quick, and boom, we got this great song on there. And I'm just, you know, I'm I'm really grateful. And my brother, in case you didn't know who he he is. Uh, Bernard Bell has written for some of everybody from Michael Jackson, uh, Remember the Time, to Patti LaBelle, myself, um, Guy, Blackstreet. Mm. I mean, and the list is... Um, <laughs> That's not <laughs> too shabby. <laughs> <laughs> Boy George. I mean, the list mm. goes on forever. So, you know. Talented family. Yes, yes. <laughs> Awesome. Well, you've been really, really generous with your time. Uh, I guess maybe one more time for one more before I bow out. I just want, I have to know what it was like. You get invited to sing at the White House, right? Yeah. I mean, come on, you gr growing up, you know, loving the music as a kid like you did. I mean, you could have never imagined you were going to end up going to the White House. But when was that, like 2000, early 2000s? Yeah. Uh, you know, um, you, you, <sighs> It's crazy because you have these images of things you want to say to the president about <laughs> things you, you know, you wish that he would do and all of these different kinds of things. And you get in there and it's like, wow. <laughs> you forget what you were going to say. <laughs> I mean, you kind of forget everything because, you know, wow, it's, it's, it's quite the place, you know, um, a place of love and both hate, you know, because a lot of bad things happen through that office. And then a lot of great things happened through that office. So true. You know, it was a few um, months before nine 11, actually you were there, right? Yes. 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 So yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. You get to see both sides of it. Yeah. You get to see both sides of the spectrum. So yeah. And I was going there to honor pastor Shirley Caesar. So, you know, I, it didn't matter where I had to go. I was, right. I was going to be there for that because this is the woman that helped me, you know, like I said, find my voice. Um, she, when I first heard Shirley Caesar, that was that she was everything to me. I mimicked her down to every place that she took a breath on her songs. That's how much I emulated her. So, um, you know, when it get, came uh, around for an opportunity to honor her um, at the White House, um, I jumped at the opportunity. 
It's like, you don't even have to pay for my trip. I'll pay for everything. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. Well, you know, it just, I bring it up because it just shows, uh, you know, how the legacy that you had, that you got asked to perform at, at you know, at the prestigious, the president's place. I mean, it's, it, that just shows you made it. You made it. Yeah. Thank um, you. Thank you. But I really, really, really want people to come out to this show on uh, Saturday. It's going to be amazing. I, um, you know, we got two shows and, uh, I really need y'all to buy, you know, to buy, we, we still got some tickets left for the second show. Um, I think there's only a few tickets left for the first show, but the second show, we still got a lot of tickets. So I really want you all to step up and, you know, get those tickets. I promise you it's going to be a night to remember. Awesome. Yes. There's a, it's a show. I believe the first one I think is like, you know, six 30 or something, but if you, if you have, if you have an opportunity, if it, you know, if you can, if your schedule allows, try that second show at nine 30. <laughs> yeah. There's a little more room in there because we don't have the, um, the sanctions on time, you know, <laughs> exactly. where we got to turn over the, 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 you know, turn over the show. Although I'm not going to hold nothing back on that first show. I'm going to give you everything I got. Two great shows, but uh, pick, pick pick whichever one you want to go to. Uh, again, it's the uh, acclaimed Grammy winner, Regina Bell, coming to the City Winery in D.C. this Saturday, April 23rd. So get your tickets now, citywinery.com. Hey, Regina Bell, thanks so much for doing this. This is great. Thank you, Jason. I enjoyed it immensely. I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So- sounds good. Sounds good. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us on Beyond the Fame with Jason Fraley. Remember to hit the subscribe button and give us a five-star rating if you like what you hear. We'll see you next time. I wanted to take a second to tell you about an app I really enjoy. Living in the D.C. area is great, and Podcast D.C. gathers all of the local shows that I like all in one local app. Health, sports, local news, politics, and so much more. Podcast D.C. is the new local app with hundreds of D.C. area podcasts to choose from. I can earn exciting rewards just for listening and share the podcasts I love instantly. Available in the App Store or in Google Play, listen local with Podcast D.C.